what's your priority in life? You make your spiritual spiritual life priority, you make your family priority, but you still haven't made your health a priority. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help busy people reclaim good practices for faith and life. Here's your host, Tony Meltenberger. Hey everybody, welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm Tony and I'm excited to bring you this conversation with my dear friend, Milton Herring. Milton is traveling around the world doing motivational stuff. He's got all sorts of different projects and side hustles and different things that he's putting out into the world. And he's putting out some great stuff. I think you're gonna find this conversation with Milton to be life-giving and full of inspirational material and uh, practical too, as we talk about what it means to balance faith and life. As always, I'm excited to share this episode with you, and it wouldn't be possible without some of our sponsors. Specifically, want to give a huge shout out to the Matthew Tamrisk Collection. His line of custom desks is incredible. And this afternoon, actually, as I record this, he is putting his uh, custom desk that I picked out and he helped me do um, into my office. So I'm excited to share that with you. Check it out on Instagram at TWMilt, T-W-M-I-L-T, or you can go straight to the source at Matt Spitz or at MatthewTamriskCollection.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Milton Herring. And my special guest, Milton Herring II. Milton is a blogger, podcaster, motivational speaker extraordinaire. And not only that, he has been a dear friend to me over the last year or so. Milton, how the heck are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, Tony. So grateful. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm grateful today. Um, number one, I am forgiven. Number two, I have been accepted. And number two, and number three, God has enhanced me with his spirit. So I'm doing great today. I'm Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let me jump right in, man. Where do you, uh, how would you describe your relationship with God here on just a kind of a random Sunday afternoon? How would you describe it? That's a great question, Tony. And I, I think the funniest thing is that every season kind of points you in a different response, right? So if you would have asked me this question maybe a year ago, I might have had a different different answer. But I think today's uh, my relationship with God today is more like the um, the dad. And I'll use an example. My my father worked when I was younger. Worked a couple jobs, and and uh, he'd work during the day, then he'd work overnights, and, and uh, I saw him, you know, sometimes in the morning, but a lot of times my mom would kind of drag us, me and my brother, out of bed to go pick him up from the UPS uh, station uh, where he was, you know, unpacking trucks or, or loading or driving, and uh, and I remember that's kind of... I remember that oh, I remember dad not being there during the day, but then he'd come home late at night and then I wouldn't see him early in the morning cause I'm off to school or he's gone. Um, and that happened for a few years. And I think right now, honestly, to be transparent with you, Tony, I think that's where I feel like God is my relationship with God is I am. I know that he's there. I do. I know that he's helping taking care of the house, my, my spiritual home and my family. And he's, he's there uh, supporting us. But at, at times I, wish that he was a little bit closer and that could be more of who what i am experiencing in this season of my life and so i think that's really if i were to really be transparent honestly what my relationship with god as much as i know that he's there now he loves me but um do i want to see him more yeah i do do i want to throw throw catch in the in the backyard on a, on a sunny afternoon when yes i'd love to do that um and i think that's where i think honestly that's where i'm at right now so do you but feel like you guys are like ships passing in the night or like you're like calling out like, hey, God, I need you to show up. And he's he's like, 
please hold for the next available operator. <laughs> it's, I think it's, there's, it depends on the day right now. It's like, I feel like, Hey, I think I, I heard him. I heard him go this way. And then I keep going the opposite way. Or yeah, I think, um, I'm reaching out or I feel like I want to call him, but and, and when I'm there, then he's like, Oh, hold on, hold on one second, you know? And, and, uh, and I'm like, all right, I just trust that you're going to come back on. You're not going to hang up on me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, I, I listen, I really, uh, I really appreciate the transparency as, you know, kind of, we just jump into the beginning of the conversation. You, you wear a lot of hats and one of the hats that you wear is hat of pastor. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, um, live in the tension of feeling distant from God, which we all do. Every pastor I've ever talked to does, and yet still trying to help uh, do your part in the local church. And, and maybe you can kind of share with what your role in the local church is for a lot of people. Yes. So um, my role in local church is that I'm one of the teaching pastors uh, locally here in Utah, and I do help out with the young adults. Um, I do help out with weekday Bible studies and do some teachings there. Also, I'm uh, one of the team pastors. Uh, We're also tied to a a Christian academy, and uh, when it comes to sports, um, I get called on to come in and either do – I can do – chapel services or i can come and do some motivational talks including you know tying in scripture with the athletes and so um that's kind of my role also i'll sit also sit on the board of the uh, the church there too as um, as one of the members but um but as as far as uh how i am right now when it comes to my role how does that play into it that I am always thinking that I have been on the peaks before, I've been in the valleys before, and this is no different. It's just another phase of life that even if I feel like I'm in the valley walking by myself, um, I know that there's a time where this valley does end and then there's a climb to the peak. And so, and in that climb to the peak, I know that I do have a support, I have a guide um, that's with me and that will celebrate with me when I get back to the top. So um, I, I, I feel like there's, like I said, every season does have its challenges, has its um, opportunities. And, and this season, um, I reflect on when I felt the closest, yeah, the closest to God. And I reflect on that. And I, I believe that's my feel to keep me going. And during this time that, you know what, it's, this is this journey is not over. Every day that he's given me to live, every morning that I rise, that it's an opportunity for me to experience God in a different in a unique way and also be able to articulate that to those that I help lead and teach and guide. And so, um, I, 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 I accept the journey and I accept the responsibility of being a pastor that way. No, I love that. And I, and I think that your, uh, transparency is a real gift to a lot of people. As a matter of fact, I bet there's tons of people listening right now who feel like they're in a Valley. Uh, one of the questions I would ask you is, how, how do you know when the season cha- when the season changes? Because I, I don't know about you, but like it's like all of a sudden I'm like, man, things were going well, and now I feel like I'm in quicksand. How did that happen? <laughs> I'll I'll say this. It's like I'm I'm looking at you know we just coming through winter, right? And the snow is kind of packed on the ground, and everybody's yeah, like, you're in Utah, there's a lot oh, of snow yeah, there. There is a lot of snow, and we don't. And sometimes the snow can linger a little bit longer in the winter time. But then all of us all of a sudden, I never know. It, it creeps up on you. I've lived here long enough now. Sometimes I'll miss it, but it's like the snow. It's frozen. It's super cold, and all of a sudden a week comes where. You know, the snow starts to thaw, the weather temperature warms up, and then all of a sudden these weeds and stuff start popping. I was like, wait a minute, it was just cold. Like, okay, I didn't see this stuff, and now I'm like, I got to get out there and take care of this lawn. I got to get out there and take care of these trees. And so um, 
And I, I don't, I think it's, sometimes I feel like there's no hard line to when seasons change. It's more of a realization that something has changed and something's about to change. And I think that's where our indicators can be spiritually is that when these, when we start feeling that there's a shift happening, maybe you're, you feel like the struggle times you're going through, the, the cold, the hard times you're going through are starting to thaw. Like it's not as intense. The, the frequency kind of sh- lengthens, meaning that it's not, it's not everyday intensity, but it may be every other day to once a week to once every other week to once, a, you know what I mean? So I think those are my, those are my indications that the season is beginning to change. And but at the same time, I also know that even in, even in the intensity of what's going on in the season or even the beauty of the season, that this is not going to last forever. So it could be I, I know this happened to me, you know, six months ago. I was like, man, this is great. Life is great. Everything is going great. Uh, but then I, I also in the back of my mind knew that I need to prepare and get myself ready for a season that's coming um, that I'm not truly understanding. I may know where it's going to come from, but opportunities come that things come and they will challenge us. Um, but then also we'll have those victories on the back end. So I think really the, the best wisdom I can give in that situation, understanding seasons is to know that when the frequency does shift, um, that you'll know that that a time is coming to an end or something is new to about to begin. So um, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. No, I love that. I, and I love the idea of looking for the frequency because I think that life probably gives us more cues if we're paying attention to them. They do. do you, do you, um, I, I, I know you to be a pretty disciplined guy in terms of your, your gym time and your time in the word and yeah. Uh, your protein pancakes on Saturday, which protein if you follow, pancakes. I mean, Mil- Milton's pancakes on oh Saturday, they're legendary. Oh and because boy. you're a couple hours behind me, I always think I should have pancakes for lunch with Milton. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> pancakes for lunch. I'm like, where am I going to take this? But yeah, discipline. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, um, so what are your disciplines and do they change in seasons? Like, what do you do to stay salty to, to use that biblical term? That that is great, and I think one of the things that really got me into the discipline of the uh, the fitness piece of it um, was I was just tired. <laughs> I was just so tired. <laughs> I was just tired, not only physically, but I was tired of beating myself up um, emotionally, mentally, um, and it was affecting my spiritual life. Um, and and I came to the season where you know everything. It was so easy at one point in my twenties, and even maybe early, you know, mid to late twenties, early thirties, where you know, hey. You know, I can get away with a lot of things as far as my eating habits, but I, you know, I still went to the gym. I, I could easily lose the weight. You could drop 15, 20 pounds like that. And then I things started to change. so much. Right? <laughs> you see, see, my body's in seasons, right? So I was like, that was one season. So, <laughs> so now I'm in this new season. I'm like, oh gosh, this is not coming off easy. And it keeps coming and packing and packing and packing and packing on. So, to be honest, I mean, I was close to 400 pounds, Tony, um, at at one point. And, and I was really thinking about, um, and this will lead into the other stuff about discipline, but really thinking about, Hey, do I get this, this, this surgery, you know, the the stomach surgery, do I, do I want to go down that, that road? And I was like, I I don't, you know, my whole mind was like, I'm defeated. I can't do this. I can't, I can't make it happen. You know, there's no way for me. I'm not a part of a football team anymore or a team of guys that'll keep me accountable, which, was a lot of my fault, but, um, thinking about how can I change my, my, the way I am living and, uh, and my wife, I, I love her to love her, love her to the moon and back because we've, we've been together for 21 years, but she, she spoke truth. She's like, you know, this could be the easy way out for you. And when she's, when she said that, 
it was like I don't know. It challenged my manhood, Tony. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it's like a backhanded compliment. It would be the easy way out. Yeah, it is. So, and that, not to not to discredit those that need to do that type of surgery, but um, and, you know, they sit you, they they make you sit down on those uh, in those therapy classes where you have other people, and they do a group group sessions with you. You have to sit in group sessions where you have these surgeries, and and I looked around. I'm like, I am not as bad as I thought it was, you know, and so it made right. me realize that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm overweight, um, but, um, so in that journey and going and creating that discipline, um, and then having a good friend, uh, um, Jeffrey Zaccone out of Austin, Texas, who's challenged me to, I called out to him, I said, hey, I know what you do, you're a pastor, you've done this before, um, you train other people, I need your help, and from long distance, he kind of challenged me from day one, said, Milton, what's your priority in life? You make your spiritual spiritual life priority, you make your family priority, but you still haven't made your health a priority, and so, um, because that's one, if your health is gone, then how can you take care of everything else? And I was sure. like, God, so right, so um, that flipped the switch for me to become more disciplined, and then, um, and, and also doing that, working on uh, my fitness, it's, it, tra- it translates into my spiritual and the family and, and uh, making sure that I'm lining everything up as much as I record my, my food. So I'm now I'm down um, to, what, 315 now? So that's, that's – Wow, congratulations, man. Uh, even though it's, I'm a big guy, so it's – you know That's it's, a small human, though. You lost <laughs> a small human. It is, and I, I try to – remind myself that's that is a small human that i just let go i let go of that's my eight-year-old you lost caleb (laughs) get in my belly caleb (laughs) (laughs) my belly caleb (laughs) that's what i felt like when i was about 400 pounds yeah like what i want to eat today um so uh that has translated into my other areas of my life and keeping me on point um you know it's amazing how i didn't it's amazing how much you can shift in, in your life. If you if you can discipline one area, a mentor told this to me. He was like, you know, you can have if you have a, a, a string and you have five rings heavy on them, and one is way heavier than the other ones. It's gonna, and you put it in the middle. It's gonna pull all the other ones down to it, no matter how structured, disciplined those other rings are. And he says, if you handle that one heavy one, all the other ones will balance out as well. And so I was lacking in discipline in that one area, um, which was dragging a lot of my other areas down in my life. And once I started on that, it started to raise everything up to the same level. And so, um, and and so I I I appreciated that and 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 remember that. And so I was like, gosh, that's really the truth behind uh, life and and discipline. And started to be long-winded, but. I think discipline, it's, it's, it's a choice, but it's, it's a tough choice. Um, and it's a choice of a direction. It's a choice of, um, sticking with the decision you made and the promises you make to yourself. And also just, I think also discipline is a direct reflection of our spiritual life and our, our honesty and truth in who God and his word is. So, um, that's, that's where I believe. Come on, pastor. That'll, that'll preach. That ring thing, man, that's a sermon illustration if I ever heard one. That's incredible. I love that. That that one heavy ring will weigh down everything else. So so paint me a get tactile with it. What are your disciplines? You wake up every morning around what time and then and then what do you do? What do you do to keep those promises to yourself? And and you know, if you feel comfortable, what are the promises that you have? So the the that's a great question. So I mean the boundaries, right? I, I create boundaries in my life. Five five o'clock, five fifty ish um, I'm up. I try to get to the office about 6:45. So um, I live Wait, about the work f- office. 
office. So at six forty-five in the morning. Yeah. Okay, I, keep yeah. going. I'm with you. I'm with. You. <laughs> so, um, so I'm about forty minutes away, forty-five minutes away from my office. So obviously I get out of the house by six, a little bit after six. I try to. So. Um, in the morning, first thing in the morning, I, you know, my prayer, it's dropping my feet on the ground. Um, I go do my thing, you know, not to be so you know, R-rated, but, you know, I go yeah. handle my business in the bathroom. And right. then, you know, <laughs> that's, where, that's where a lot of my prayer and meditation and I do my three. It's my, sacred my space. Three, it's sacred. Yes, it's my three by three time, three minutes of, of my gratitude, three minutes of my prayer time, and three minutes of envisioning what I want for the day and continue to think about my life. So my three by three, um, and then I jump in the shower, get get ready, get dressed, and head out the door. Um, the cool thing about where I work, though, um, we do have a gym, so um, I, I usually I, I intermittent fast throughout the day, so I don't eat until about 12, 1 o'clock, sometimes 2, depending on the day. Um, and so I'll, I spend my lunch time at the gym there at work after I have my morning meetings emails. Um, we'll jump in the gym from about, about 9, about 10 o'clock, 9.30 to 10, 10.30 around there. Um, and, and then come back and finish up my meetings, go through my work, have my other meetings, have lunch. Um, at the end of the day um, that I head home, right now I'm in baseball season, so I got to get to the baseball field at about 4.30-ish. Um, so I try to get I try to get there a little bit late to ha- help out with practice. And then after practice, if I don't have a board meeting or commission meeting or something in the evening or a podcast interview or um, working on my blogs or something like that, I spend a few hours after practice doing that, um, after dinner, of course, and then uh, spend some time with my wife, make sure my son's got his homework done, uh, spend some time with my wife, uh, make sure she's taken care of because her her love languages are quality time and service. So if I come home and if I got to do the, the the yard or if I got to help out cleaning up the house, uh, make sure that's taken care of. Um, I journal um, every day and then um, and then I, I call it and I get ready for the next day. So that's that's my discipline. And, and so my my goals and to say all that is that my goal is number one is to be as healthy fit as possible, um, breaking some barriers with my health. Um, number two is also taking care of my family, my son, and my, uh, my I have five children. My youngest is 14. The rest are out the house. So Woo. make sure that I'm giving him the best, uh, the best love and attention possible as a father. Um, you know, thank goodness for uh, technology. I can text and and uh, FaceTime with him, so we stay stay connected. And and then when I come out to the field, it's another opportunity for me to be a dad and a coach. And so, um, the the best of both worlds, I think. And then uh, um, also financially, uh, just make making sure that we're sound um, all the way around, uh, being the best stewards possible, and uh, living a legacy behind, and also giving to the community, um, being more tied in the community more so than just. Uh, being a resident. And so, um, so I spent a lot of time there with the city and doing those things as well. But, um, that's, that's, that's a lot of my goals. And I, and I feel like Tony, when I say all this stuff, I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm here, but I'm everywhere at the same time, which is, I don't know if that's the healthiest thing, but well, does it, let me ask you this. Does it, does it feel like that to you most days that, that you're everywhere at the same time? It does. It does. And, uh, and I'm working on compartmentalizing my thoughts in life. So, um, you know, if, if I'm with you or talking with you, we're, you know, we, we're colleagues in different levels. And so I, I think about those, I pull that box out. So if I'm with, you know, if I'm in sports, I, I got my sports box out and you've heard the guy talk. I, if I'm with the, doing things with the city, I've got my city box out at work, got my work, my fitness, my fitness box out. And so I try to compartmentalize everything so I can, 
make sure I'm on top of everything at the same time. But um, but I get I guarantee you. But I tell you that this this little device here has been my my go to as far as I I can't remember a thing. So yeah, I the cell phone. Yeah. I have to tell that to let, to remind me, right? Like no hey. doubt. So let me ask you this, because I I love productivity tips, yeah. um, and you're you're super productive guy. You get a lot of stuff done. Um, what are your uh, what are your like what are your go to tips for calendaring? What are your go to tips for uh, like how, how do you protect time in order to make sure that your wife and your kids have that time? How do you how you manage and all that? Yeah, definitely. Let me see if I have my. Uh, I don't have my, um, I carry it Sunday, so it's uh, out of my bag in the living room. But um, so I have, I actually, I do a lot of paper, right? And so even though I have my technology, I have. Yeah, my, you held up a cell phone and then you looked for paper. <laughs> I did because it's my, this is my, this is my, this will talk back to me. My cell phone will talk back to me, but my paper lets me, lets me articulate my thoughts throughout the day. It helps me structure and, and, and do my checklist. So uh, my wife, we invested in a really nice um uh, binder that's like it's it's got your thing your to dos your calendars my daily stuff and so it's a 1990s trapper keeper isn't it you can tell me you got it <laughs> <laughs> it is so I I went back to paper um, oh my gosh it's been about a year and a half ago um, I went back to utilizing paper as my daily uh, my daily checkpoint and then using my phone to talk to me so I can you know things throughout the day that I don't have time to go back to look it buzzes me on my watch or my phone right. So um, productivity tips. So that that's one thing that I do. And, and throughout the day, I'll just write down the first thing in the morning when I jump in, when I get to the office, 645, I jot down, jot down the, the probably the 10 most things that are important for me to do that day and get done. Um, and it's from personal to professional to, to sports or to whatever I'm doing for the day and whatever my goals are for this season. Um, and I write those down and then the satisfaction for me is to I complete it to do list. I, get, I guarantee you when I'm crossing things off, um, it's the greatest feeling for me. So um, it keep, that, that's what keeps me alert, really helps me be disciplined. Um, and if I haven't gotten to something that day, it's hard for me to go to sleep and really rest, uh, lay my head down if I haven't gotten it done. So um, so it's tired those days that are longer. Um, it's just what it is. It's just a longer day, but I've got, I got done what I wanted to get done. I accomplished that day. So, and I focus on it one day at a time. And I think a lot of people might, might look at a week, uh, which is good, I guess. But for me, that's been help, really helpful for me to stay productive and get things done is to look at one day. Um, and, uh, and inside my calendar, I can look at the whole month and say, okay, what is, what's the what's the goal this month? Even what are my topics? Even when I look at my topics for my podcast or different things that I'm involved in, um, those are all in my calendar. And like, okay, this is what I'm working on this month. And uh, I prioritize that. So, so if so you guys you, listen to me, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you, um, you jot down, your creative like brainstorming ideas in your calendar then yeah, I do. Uh-huh. so i know there's a side tab on my calendar it lets me know what i'm going to be working on what's my focus for the month uh for my maximizing moment audience or what's my focus for the month if i'm doing something for uh the nonprofit atk that i'm working on um what's what's my focus and so that keeps me every time i look at my calendar i see that and i jot, jot down ideas for this week or for next week okay i can i can break that down um into more bite size instead of trying to be creative every day which is creativity is, is a wonderful gift but it's very limited and all the things that i do every day it kind of sucks in my creativity so it's like all the different things that i'm, I'm involved in i need creative energy for yeah that. It, it, based off of what i'm hearing your schedule it sounds like you've got five minutes to be creative at like 355 <laughs> you got it right. First i'm thing. like 
<laughs> Jeez Louise, Eleanor, come on, man. Like, I, it's like, so do you just do you when you sit down, like you're pumping out, uh, you pump out more content than almost anybody I know. So how, how many blogs do you write in a week? You know, I, I actually will blog. I'll batch blog. So I will actually batch blog. So I will do. That's two. another productivity hack right there. It Explain is. what batch blogging is. I, I know, but I think there's a lot of people out there that may yeah. not. So, I mean, batching can be, you can use batching for a lot of different uh, scenarios and areas, but batching is doing more than one at a time. So, if I give myself one hour, so if I clock myself for an hour, uh, my goal is to get one at least to at least three, right? And so, I'll I'll, draw, I'll jump in there and I'll put down, you know, I'll have three different titles for that one. So, if I'm focusing in one month, my, my focus for this month, especially um, for maximizing moments, is mindset and visioning um, and looking at how the mind reacts to success. How do you, how do you, you know, there's different, there's about five or seven different topics I can go off of that. So I'll just basically jot those topics down for the month and then I'll just jump in and write some blogs. And so I'll go on and do a little research. Now, do you, you put your phone on do not disturb when you do that? Um, I need to. I do. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I was no, curious. Like, I get my ADD gets the bad. I'm like, squirrel, what? What's happening? It does. I'll get started. I'm like, I'll score oh, the Reds game. Anything like that'll get me. <laughs> it does. Trust me, I know. But I, I, I started to value 45 minutes to an hour. You can get so much done in an hour um, with focus time. But yeah, one one good way is to put it on. on do not disturb. So um, Now the only thing I like to batch are cookies. <laughs> Chocolate chip to be that. Chocolate Oof. chip, yeah. Protein chocolate, chocolate chip. chip cookies. Oh boy, goodness, oh. yeah, boy, come on. <laughs> um, so okay, so y- you write uh, three blogs an hour. How many? I mean, how many blogs are you putting out in a week? I'm only actually I'm only doing uh, one. There's a weekly email that I send out. That's the blog. So I do one blog a week that goes out every Monday. Um, and in, inside of that blog, I could necessarily take out about five to six different sentences or quotes and make my posts. And so I'll do that. If not, do videos off of that same blog. So um, I'll I'll even do audio podcasts. I've, I'll use Anchor if you haven't heard of Anchor.fm. Or I'll, I started using Chirp C H uh, I R P now. Um, uh, somebody got me uh, using Chirp, um, and so I started doing that. Those are just like my weekly, quick, um, one to two minutes uh, podcast that I can do and sit out, and that gets shared to my social media as well. Um, and then, yeah, and then then any videos that I ended up doing, I have been I've been slacking on my videos a little bit. Um, I have so, noticed that. I was going to bring that up while we were talking. <laughs> No, but you make the you. So the thing is, you make the best. You make the best videos. I, I you, and you've taught me a lot about putting out content that's um, that's really solid content. Maximizing moments with Milton are some of my favorite. Some of my favorite stuff. You got good content, so I think people are looking for it. I pre- I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I and people remind me of that too. People will say that I run into will say, hey, they don't say anything about my blogs necessarily, but they always talk about my videos. And I'm like, gosh, maybe I start doing more videos. Well, I think it's, I think it is because people are afraid to put their face out there. Mm. And so I I think it's kind of like a man, that guy's bold. Yeah. Why, why do you think people are afraid to put their face out there? Um, Ooh, you know, I would guess, I would guess it's a, it's a fear of looking stupid. Mm. Like it's this giant fear that someone's going to judge me when, 
I, I think I think as pastors, most of us know that we're getting judged all the time. Every t- all the time. Not by God, but by our people. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, and so you didn't uh, say that right. Oh, what a, look at him. <laughs> right. So, Milton, one of the things I know about you is that, in addition to all the other stuff that you do, uh, your your actual job, the one that you support your family with, not the all the other jobs that you sure. do. Sure. Um, it requires you to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. How does that play into your faith life balance? What What are some of the rules that you have for yourself when it comes to traveling and staying connected to God and mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. wife, to your kids, and right. all, all that? How's that look for you? Give because I know that there are some people out there who are in the midst of the grind and they they right. may not be nearly as much as they want to. Right, right, and and and, it, and we talk about balance between your spiritual life, you know, work life, family life, fitness, if that's one, but uh, and financial. But um, when it comes to travel, and I, I, you know, I do have my my routine, right? And so um, I know that if I'm in a long flight back to the East Coast, that I'm gonna I'm gonna be reading. I'm gonna be researching, reading something that'll it's uplifting, encouraging. What are, um, what are you reading right now? Gosh, what am I reading? I'm actually, it'd be funny here. Here's the book. It's called. Uh, uh, don't leave your mind behind um, the mental side of performance. I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, that, that uh, looks tense. By uh, Dr. Keith uh, Hessian and with Dr. Nicole Detling. So um, don't leave your mind behind. And so uh, obviously being a coach and athlete, but also a person that loves to think about how the mind reacts in, uh, to different situations, scenarios, and how I can help other people through theirs as well. So um, that's what I've been reading uh, when I've been traveling. Um, I had, I don't know if you, Bishop T.D. Jakes, it was another book that I left on a plane uh, a couple months ago that really bugged me. But, uh, <laughs> so, I, but you know, I bet the person behind you really appreciated it. Yeah, I was it. like, oh, somebody's got blessed by uh, Somebody just got blessed. <laughs> never put it back in the uh, seat pocket behind front of you. Yeah, that's so that, I remember that now. <laughs> so um, so I, I do I get a chance to read a little bit more than I do and listen to podcasts while I can work too. thank God for the Wi-Fi on the plane. So uh, I can right. do a lot of podcasting and listening and and uh, uh, reading and um, and then once I get to, you know, my biggest thing, I think, to keep my boundaries for those that do have to work and grind that help me out because um it was a challenge earlier in my life, my marriage career, my marriage career, my marriage life. Yes, uh, yes, it is. I chose this career. <laughs> so, and you chose wisely because your I wife did, is an I angel. did. <laughs> my boss loves you think I, you know, it's, there's no fraternization rules with that. <laughs> I really want to make an inappropriate joke about when last time you got a raise, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, just being being married early when I had to travel my marriage, um, I wasn't the wisest when it came to traveling. I find myself in difficult situations that I eh, just wasn't didn't quite like. But now when I go, um, more mature now. So I actually don't turn on the TV. So when I get to the hotel room, number one, I pray when I get into the room. That's the really the first thing that I do. I pray, um, pray over the room. Because you never know what's going on, what's been going on in that room. So, um, I hope to like give, give me an example here. What what kind of prayer? What's a do you have a standard prayer that you use? Standard hotel pr- prayer room. Lord, I thank you for giving me this opportunity, this uh, this day. Thank you for this room, Father. I don't know what's going on in this room, but I cast out any demons or spirits that are that are against you. And I I just I just pray for your peace and your spirit to reign in this room and over oh, my yeah. sleep. Just name, amen. So that's a quick, quick prayer, kicking out the bad, bringing in the good. Um, and then um, 
I'm a little phobic too, so um, I usually will spray down my room with Lysol. <laughs> Wait, do you bring Lysol with you? I bring a can of a small can. Of, Man, a small, this small is the can most of transparent podcast ever. <laughs> and some baby and some wipes and some Clorox wipes, and I have a travel one, so I will wipe down. And uh, I've traveled so much. One of those guys. What's that? Wipe down the seat and that you I, sit in. I, on handles, I wipe down whatever, however many wipes I got in that travel one, I will wipe down just because yeah, I just. Go a travel thing is sanitation, sanitizer wipes every time you leave? Every time. Every time I leave, I got the travel spray, Lysol, travel, travel, <laughs> and wipe the travel Clorox wipes, and I'll bring my own pillowcase too. That's just my trick. And so. Um... Bring your own pillowcase? That's genius. I bring my own pillowcase uh, because I'm like again. I don't know if it's phobic. It's just I'm I'm a man of context, Tony. So I need context, and if I don't have context, it creeps me out. So if I have, I see a stain. Context on the is floor. if you don't know where that if you don't know where that's been, you don't want yes. to go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think um, you just probably gave a lot of people something to think about. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> like, don't be drinking out of that coffee pot. No, nope, no, nope, don't do that. Do not. Put down the glass in the bathroom. Do not eat. That is yeah. not safe for you. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I find myself not uh, turning on the TV because it's a big distraction for me. Um, and that just know my boundaries, right? And so if I'm not watching TV, I'm, I'm either on my computer doing some work, getting some blogs done. Um, just really batching again. So it's a time for me to batch when I travel, if, especially if I don't, if I'm here at home, then I'm, you know, with family, I got things with my son, I've got things with my wife, but if I'm on the road, obviously that minimizes to just me. And so I just really find ways to keep myself busy. And, uh, I do a lot of sightseeing, so I'll go out and, <laughs> and try to find uh, areas for me to experience culture and or history and things of that nature. So those are my, my disciplines when I travel. Um, and then you, make still, sure you still go to the gym and do your morning routine as well. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. Even I still, uh, whether it's at night or in the morning, I'll still work out. Yeah, I still, I still find find time to go in the gym, and I'll still do intermittent fasting too. So, um, so especially if I leave like at a seven a.m. flight. So um, you're willing to turn down the free breakfast buffet? I do, I do. Uh, How many days a week do you intermittent fast? I I do it uh, six six days a week. Yeah, six days a week. So, so every like, day, but. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday's my pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah. It's legendary. It's legendary. (laughs) I love my pancakes. It's my way to keep me sane throughout the week. So, so yeah, that's some of my, my travel, um, disciplines for my work that I try to keep, keep, uh, keep going. So let me ask you this, because one of the things that, uh, we haven't really touched base on is, is what you do for fun. I've heard a lot about. I mean, you you work, you hustle, you right? You're, you're you're grinding out stuff. You've got, um, you, you pump out a lot of content. You're reading a lot of stuff. How would you describe if somebody said, you know, Milton, what do you do for fun? Is is all that stuff that you do that you do kind of just because that's who you're wired? Is that your fun, or do you? Is it something else, or is it some combination? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Tony. I, I think that's one that I've had a hard time answering for a lot of years. It's like, what do you do for fun? The standard is, oh yeah, I play golf. No, I don't. Um, you know, or um, I think fun for me is if I can. Yeah, I, I think I do things that that satisfy my soul, um, and the things that satisfy my soul are me being number one, being creative. I think that's what God put inside of me, and I think that's what we're called to do is be creative. And so, 
so putting out content, doing those things that I, I, I do a lot is allows me to be creative. It allows me to think, allows me to use my spiritual insight, allows me to use tap into the talents God's given me. And so that, that satisfies my soul. You know, me playing catch with my son in the backyard satisfies my soul. Me camping with my family, we do camp. So we uh, we glamp, I guess they call it. Uh, glamp. No, uh, glamp. give everybody the definition. I know what it is. But I, I, <laughs> I want to hear the Milton Herring definition. It's, it's, it's not – it's basically sleeping without your butt in the ground. So uh, glamorizing <laughs> camp, so glamorized camping. So we have a travel trailer. So you got a bed. Do I have a bed, a king size bed. Um, do I have a shower? Do I have a stove? Uh, you know. And now, did your teenagers still like that? What's that? My teenagers? Yeah. They do. Um, well, my son does. He it depends on the day. You know, if I make him do most of the work to set up, he doesn't like it. But <laughs> for everything with teenagers, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but if I say, "Hey, I'll do this. I'll split this with you," he's good. He's he's cool with it. But uh, um, he's he's becoming more and more appreciative of uh, nature and being away. Um, and uh, it, it's funny. His comments are, "Dad, I like being just like." by ourselves, like out here, you know? Mm. And so, um, you know, to the point where he's like, I want to buy some land, like where I can just be myself, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, he's going off the grid. <laughs> yeah. The grid. Yeah. So, um, that does things that satisfy my soul. And, um, you know, there's so many things that I can't say one thing I do for fun. I, I try, I, try, I sprinkle it throughout my, my week. Oh, and so um but i like to retreat um every every so often just to get away and, and sabbatical wise and i think we've been working on that's something my wife and i'm talking about sabbaticals um um not sabbaticals and then just really respecting the sabbath um and finding time not to get to you know you're not working you're not really you're really not pushing yourself you know it's it's really doing what god you know the, the biblical references to sabbaths is and 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 it just just embracing and, and being in God's presence. And um, that's where we're working on that a little bit more. I'm not saying we're perfect at it, but that's something that we're top of mind. Well, one of the things that I think people forget all the time is that retreat is a tactical move. It is. It's, it's not it's not going backwards for the sake of going backwards. It's it's retreat is a, a tactical move in order to gain momentum for the next move yep. and, yeah, and to regather the regather the forces, so to speak. Right. You, you, right. Exactly. Right. Like I gotta retool. I gotta pick up my where am I? What do I count my resources? Like <laughs> I gotta figure out where my head's at. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, listen. We've got kids that are in a different season than yours, but it's like all the time driving them around. I feel like a professional Uber, mm-hmm. and and so that little Sabbath, uh, you know, taking that time to retreat is critically important in order to regroup and. And Karen and I, we we try to take Sunday nights and we look through the calendar the week ahead and be like, okay, you're on A, B, and C, and I'm on D, E, and F, and let's meet again on G. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> My prayers are going to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let me let me ask you this because you've you've got four kids out of the house. You got one kid who's a teenager who's, um, by all accounts, a stud athlete playing varsity. Uh. Varsity baseball. He clearly gets that from his mom. <laughs> clearly, she's an athlete. Trust me. And she'll tell you to this day. She's she before we got married. She flipped me over. I don't know how when she flipped me, but she did. I, I don't that know. Was, she, that was was that four bills, Milton? No, that was uh, three bills, Milton. Uh, three bills straight out of football camp. You know, season, Milton. So, like uh, <laughs> yeah, that was right. that was swole, Milton. Yeah. <laughs> She, it was, you know, it was one of those things. Anyways, yeah, she's she's an athlete. <laughs> uh, so what 
what would you say, like looking back on raising kids and, and still having one in the house, what would you say is the most um, uh, or, or the best practice that you did to incorporate faith into their lives? Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I don't think I'm ever a spiritual expert on this, but um, one thing that I do recall what my dad did with me and my brothers is uh, periodically sit down with us and talk about um I want to say is a, you incorporate Bible verses into daily, daily things, you know, life, life, life things and issues. Um, and that's one thing I think with my children, um, raising them, you know, number one, uh, making it a point to, to worship together and going to church. And then number two, making it a point to have discussions around the week and I'll always filter every life situation back to the word of God, not being super overly spiritual, but understanding that there is a balance between what we're seeing in the spirit and the natural and how the spiritual impacts that, whether it's the evil side or, or God's side, that there's there's always a spiritual force that is encompasses in what we do. And every victory, we're praising God. Every, you know, failure, we we still give glory to God. And I was telling my son that the other day, no matter what, win or lose, you give glory to God, son. I mean, no matter what happens, if you get up to that that, that plate to, to hit and bat and you strike out, that's all right. Walk back knowing that you did your best um, right. and just know there's another opportunity. So and with my girls, too, and, and my, my boys, it's like, you know, anytime I can, not to be, like I said, like super spiritual, like, oh, you stepped on a penny or stepped on a nail. That must have been the devil. No, that, you know, you stepped on the nail. But, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, things in life, if you didn't, you know, but then also un- having them understand that there's a spiritual side, but then the natural side is that they're responsible for their actions and responsible for what they do and and, and what they say, Um but also distinguishing those two between the natural, the spiritual, and how that all balances. So I, that that's what I think me and my wife did a really good job with our kids, even to the point where were they perfect? No. Did they go off in their deep ends? Oh, of course they did. Um, mm. and, um, but even to this day, my oldest daughters, who are now 29 and 24, they are always referencing stuff that we taught them when they were, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all the things that we were planting seeds, planting seeds. And that has days. to feel good. It is. And it, it's great to hear it when you're a parent that you got some things that are sprouting, you know, you think it's sprouting and it might not be sprouting. It was just a sprinkle of something, but then, oh, okay, there it is, you know? And so, um, but you continue to love on them. And then, and, it, and then there's when you, cause how old is your oldest, Tony? 13. He's 13. I'm an idiot yeah. to him. <laughs> you, you, you lost dad. Cool. Is that, yeah. you don't, no, that I, I'm not sure I ever had it. Honestly, I, <laughs> I think, well, I think I'm so funny and he just doesn't. <laughs> he's like, mm. Mm, mm-mm. dad, please stop. You're not. I got my seven year old. Correct me. She's the little princess. She's, she's in control. I don't, I just do whatever she tells me to. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. She's got you wrapped in. Man. And she's, she's like, uh, hey, hey, daddy, shouldn't we be doing this? Oh, I think you're right. Don't tell mom. <laughs> don't tell mom. That's dad's famous word. Don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. I don't care what. Here's a hundred bucks. Don't tell mom. Because I no. want her to know I got it together. I want mom to know I got it together. Which is, she knows I don't have it together. Why <laughs> Never have it together. Like, ah. 
Um, so yeah, that that's a spiritual. It's it's a it's a journey. Every every phase of growth from thir- year thirteen and my fourteen to when they're in their twenties, early twenties, or graduating high school, graduating college, it's a whole different. I'm learning all the different seasons of the growth phases. You know, even you know, I know there's more to learn as they get older, um, but. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. I'll give you this one piece of advice for those that are listening though. But if you have teenagers, um, a spiritual counselor told me once, treat it like a NASCAR race. Um, they'll spin around and go left around the track, 250 miles per hour, whatever they do. Um, you're sitting in the, in the, uh, the pit, um, and you're saying, Hey, I think you need to take a break. And they're like, no, I got it. We're good. We're good. And all of a sudden, you know, now they spun out or they, they've got a ball tire or something. They come into the pit. They're like, Hey, can you change this tire for me and give me some gas and some fuel and give me some refreshment and get me back out. Sure. I can do that. Um, so, so just treat your, your teens as if you feel like they're disconnecting, they're on the track, they're just on the track. And when they come into pit is when they start asking you questions and they start asking for wisdom and advice and counseling. And then they want to go back out on the track and keep going again so until they figure it out or, or knock their heads or run against the wall or um or whatever so um and i your just job say is that. just to try to keep them on the track that's all you want to do make sure the tires are good make sure make sure they got enough fuel are you eating are you sleeping what do you need you know and uh yeah. that's a, no that's a great image that's a that's a phenomenal image for what i think teenage years are like or and we're hey listen we're just getting started so he, he, he's not even up to full speed yet, and he's already, I don't even know. <laughs> Bless you. I mean, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Uh, oh, so, okay, so one of the questions I love to ask all my guests yeah. is uh, if you were to go back um, to, to newly newly engaged, maybe even newly married Milton, and you were going to give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Newly engaged, newly married Milton. But, gosh. 21 years ago 21 yeah wow i would say Man, you're old when did that happen <laughs> 21 years ago people were like wait how old are you like yeah i know yeah <laughs> so um I, I would tell the i would tell the younger newly engaged milton newly newly um the i'll say the young milton to cherish cherish the moment i talk a lot about maximizing the moment but cherish the moment cherish what you have um, and I think the younger Milton was still focused a lot on himself um, versus focusing on the people that are around him that he was uh, choosing and and dedicating himself to love and to be a, in relationship with. Um, um, that's one thing I, I would tell is just to cherish the moment, cherish what you have. Um, because if you're thinking there's something better on the other side or, or better on the other side of the wall or grass or green or however you want to say the, the terminology, it's, it's, it's not as good as what you already have. So I would say cherish those moments and knowing that, hey, 43 is not old. I thought twenty <laughs> forty three is we like you're almost dying at forty three like <laughs> so uh, so it's not like like ten years away from death like no it's not <laughs> no it's, you're not even halfway man come on and so uh, that that it's a long ways but just enjoy it uh, enjoy the journey and try not to and you know to and and even at being uh, this age and I would go back to if I were to go back back to the future say look. You're not the only one that doesn't have it together. <laughs> so don't think that you have to have it together. Um, I haven't met anybody that does yet. No, 
and I thought that you had, you know, from from my young self, I thought I had to have it together, and everybody else had to had it had it already had it together, and so um, I didn't realize that there's so much life to live outside of that, and that's one thing I would try to really get across to you, little Milton, cherish the moment, and just know that God's got your got your back no matter what. Hey, when you go back and talk to young Milton, do me a favor, share that message with young Tony too. We'll do that. <laughs> I was like, oh. at eighteen, I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm looking look for you on the yellow pages. Yeah, <laughs> Hit me up on MySpace. What? You have a MySpace and a pager. (laughs) Yep. I did did have a pager. Did you have a pager? Nope. I was never that cool. My brother Uh, did. So I had a job. I I bought it myself, and my mom was like, don't waste your money on that. I was like, my people need to find me. (laughs) My people. (laughs) I didn't have any people. She's like, (laughs) you're a drug dealer. I was like, mom. I go to a private school in downtown Dayton. No one's gonna think I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> so did you wear your pager on the on the belt or on the on the pocket? Or where'd you where'd you wear it at? Where'd you well, uh so uh typically on the belt, but on the inside of the belt. Ooh. Okay. You were like secretive, but Yeah, you know, I was trying to play it cool, humble. Yeah. <laughs> never. It's a word that's never been associated with my name. <laughs> You would call your own pager to make yourself feel important. No, you didn't do that. Well, no, but what I did do is I had uh, Karen and I were dating in high school, and I would have Karen's dad text me scores to the Ohio State game. And so then I could be like, oh, this is on-demand scores. Now we call them <laughs> cell phones. ESPN's got a whole app devoted to it. I think they kind of wow, stole mine. that's but, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. That, hey, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, you know, part of your podcast and, and your audience reclamation podcast. Love it. Hey, uh, so if, if my listeners want to find more about Maximizing Moment with Milton, where should we send them? Yeah, if you're on any social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just just type Your Instagram it. posts, man, they're so good. You got to follow this guy on Instagram. Thanks, Tony. It's uh, just at Milton Herring, M-I-L-T-O-N-H-E-R-R-I-N-G. So you can find me there or at MiltonHerring.com, you know, and um, yeah, I'll show up. Pretty sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And and if there's any way, if, if people are listening to this episode and they're like, man, I just love this guy. If there's any way that my people can be praying for you, what's what's one specific way they can pray for you when they think about you? I think this phase of life, uh, a prayer request would be um, not only for um, protection mentally, but just uh, um, a, pr- a, a prayer of fortitude. Uh, mm fortitude and i think that would be the best that anyone could pray for me right now it's just uh prayer for fortitude and encouragement um i don't think i can be encouraged enough and uh and as much as i try to work to encourage other people all encouragers need to be encouraged i, I guarantee that so amen amen all right man thank you so much i really appreciate your time today I loved it. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Appreciate all you do, and uh, to your church members and all those that listen. You know, you're you're following a great man. Uh, Pastor yeah. Tony is a good man. So um, I'll pay you later you for that. I promise. Got it. <laughs> hey, everybody! Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. The best compliment you can give us is to share this episode with somebody who maybe who hasn't heard it before. I'd also love to hear your feedback. If there's any thoughts you had on the episode or anything that you'd like to let me know. I'd love to be in conversation with you. After all, um, we do this so that we can help each other grow. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you do when you're traveling and how do you stay connected with God? What do you do when you're managing a million things and you want to stay connected with God? No matter what it is, it's worth talking about.
So I look forward to hearing you all real soon. And again, thanks for sharing this episode of the Reclamation Podcast.